Welcome to Candid Catholic Convos, a program brought to you by the Catholic Diocese of Harrisburg. Our mission is to humanize the church and help you to grow in your faith, love, and understanding. Each week, you'll hear engaging, down-to-earth interviews and actionable strategies you can implement into your life with ease to help you grow closer to God. If you're ready to open your heart and step fully into the person God created you to be, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. And welcome to Candid Catholic Convos. Good morning and a very, very Merry Christmas and a very blessed Christmas and a happy holiday season. I'm Michael Parks, and it's a pleasure once again to be sitting down with Bishop Ronald Gaynor from the Diocese of Harrisburg, uh, a sit-down that we've been doing for many, many years to talk about Christmas and also getting his views on recent events and happenings in the diocese. And I am very pleased to say that for the first time in two years, I'm actually sitting across the table from the bishop. This is the second year of the COVID-19 pandemic, and I'm sure that it continues to cause some challenges with the diocesan programs and ministries. And Bishop, you know, I, I first of all, I got to tell you how Im- Im- impressive and, and, and important this is to all our listeners. I get so many emails and comments from like our sit downs. And most of it is like people who say, you know, I just, I, this is exactly what I need, uh, whether it be Easter or Christmas, just for to have you guys sitting down talking and providing, you know, some, some inspiration and, you know, talk about that. I mean, it's like, you know, these, these seasons, these holiday seasons, especially Christmas, um, it should feel good. And to share that, that goodness with people. Absolutely, Michael. Well, I'm glad to hear that, the positive comments that you receive from our uh, conversation. And certainly, Merry Christmas to you and, and to all of our listeners. Um, and, and thank you for this opportunity. It is good to be face-to-face, as we, as we had not been for, 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 since last year. So, uh, yeah, it, 2021 has continued to be another challenging year for all of us and certainly for our Catholic diocese. But even with all the challenges, we experienced a lot of positives uh, this past year. Uh, one positive that we're very pleased with is the increase in enrollment that we've experienced across our Catholic schools. We welcomed 580 new students, uh, which is actually the size of a whole new school for us. Uh, that accounted for a 6.5% increase uh, in our enrollment over the fall of 2020 numbers. So uh, as long as we've been keeping enrollment records, we've never experienced a one-year increase this great. And this is the first increase we've seen in enrollment really in eight years. We're unfortunately in a declining situation, but uh, 2021 turned that around for us. Uh, This increase is the direct result of the daily excellence of our teachers Uh, and of our tireless efforts of our principals, our school presidents, pastors, and the school leaders and supporters, the benefactors of our schools, in offering exceptional schools where our students can thrive. I I do want to note that 85% of the new students who joined our Catholic schools last year have decided to remain with us again this year. Um, Certainly, I I cannot express enough my gratitude to all of our administrators, pastors, teachers, our school aides, Uh, students, and our school families, and all of the supporters of our Catholic schools. These past two years have been incredibly challenging because of the pandemic, but for the vast majority of the time, we've been blessed to have been able to keep our schools open for in-person learning. 
uh, because of the efforts of all these wonderful individuals who have planned and followed COVID mitigation efforts. Uh, as far as our ministries, we've had another positive year, even with COVID. Uh, there are far too many positives to discuss all of them, but let me provide a, just a, a brief overview. Our, our vocations office, for instance, kept busy with monitoring the studies of our 19 seminarians who are preparing to be ordained priests, uh, hosting the annual Quo Vadis Days for 40 young men who are discerning the possibility of a call to the priesthood, and conducting more than 20 vocations visits to our Catholic schools and parishes. We've also had 22 aspirants in our permanent diaconate program. Um, these men are uh, just beginning the process of discerning a call and are in formation uh, toward possible ordination as permanent deacons for our diocese. Uh, we were blessed to be able to host our annual summer camp for persons with disability uh, this past summer at Camp Kirkenwald. Uh, our use of technology has continued to increase this year, and we actually developed a, a new video catechesis series called The Faith Alive. In those videos, we explore the teachings of our Catholic faith in, in simple, explainable terms. And I'm very pleased that these videos have almost 36,000 views now. We also continue our focus on youth protection, which is so important to us. And this year, almost 12,000 adults, clergy, staff, and volunteers received youth protection training. This is just kind of the tip of the iceberg, Michael, of what we've tried to accomplish in 2021. Well, that's 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 something so, and I'm so glad to hear all these positive thoughts and and views of things that have been happening. Because you know, as as you are so aware, and our listeners are so aware of the challenges that we've all faced and continue to face uh, through these uh, tough times of the pandemic. And you know, getting back to the schools, uh, you know, for them to be increasing enrollment, that's so great because we talk about the effect that the pandemic has had on on children, and it's so good uh, that we're providing them with that opportunity. Then we want to point out, too, that even though we refer to these as Catholic schools, they are open to all enrollments. You don't have to be Catholic to enroll into a Catholic school. Absolutely, and we have quite a few students in our in our schools that are not, but their, their parents choose our schools for various reasons, uh, and we're grateful for that. All are welcome. Another positive that I think we've all experienced throughout the pandemic, and, and I'd like to take a moment to reflect on, is that we really have been forced to slow down a little bit, rushing to the office, rushing here, doing all these things, and a lot of these things we could not do uh, because of the pandemic and, and certain things that uh, the challenges that we faced. But we've given a been given a chance to reflect on what really matters in life. That's true, Michael, and I, I, I think when we, when we reflect now, as we must at this Christmas time on, on the birth of, of Jesus, our Savior, and lying on that manger, you know, St. Luke tells us um, that it, it, it's, it's hidden, only a few, the shepherds and Joseph and Mary are there. It's, it's, it's a quietness, it's a stillness, but then all of a sudden the skies break open and you have these hosts of angels that cry out, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of goodwill. And what I'd like to reflect on there is, especially at this time when maybe exaggerated a bit by the pandemic, but but our whole uh, situation uh, in in society, 
uh, has become so contentious, uh, so divided. There seems to be a lack of civility in, in public discourse and sometimes in private uh, discourse. There's an antagonism among folks. And, and I'd like to call everyone's attention to that, the, the, what the angels proclaimed in the heavens there, that uh, on earth, peace to people of goodwill. I would hope that as we celebrate this Christmas, that that, that idea of goodwill toward one another uh, might take a deeper hold in our hearts and, and that we might be examples, uh, we who are celebrating the birth of Christ, to be heralds of that peace, to develop goodwill in our own lives and, and help one another to develop that goodwill so that we, we do have a greater sense of peace and harmony uh, in our relationships with one another and in our society. On my way in to uh, record this program with you, Bishop, I was listening to a holiday channel, and it was a country Christmas song by Leanne Rhymes. And basically the lyric said, when it seems your whole world is falling apart, put a little holiday in your heart. And, and you know, and I, I talk about this quite often when I sit down with you, and I think it's, it's great advice for all of us. Um, you talk about that time of spending the, the time to reflect, and there is no better place to do that than in the place of worship. I know when I go to Mass and so many people, and when I sit there, walk through the doors, and I sit there and I see the stained glass and I hear the singing, and I hear the words. It totally takes everything off my chest, off my shoulders, and allows me to sit and just reflect. Talk about that, you know, the importance of, of, of spending time uh, in, in the place of worship to find that solitude. Surely, and, and that, that is what I'm, I'm glad that you've described that personal experience, because that's exactly what a community of faith is meant to do. We, we, we kind of uh, blend in with our brothers and sisters in the presence of the Lord. And as you said, burdens are lifted, a greater peace comes to us because we're involved in something greater than ourselves. Oftentimes life can, can really burden us and we get so intently uh, focused on our own concerns, our, our problems, the, the crosses, as it were, that we're, we're, meant, we're asked to carry in life. But coming to, to worship the Lord, we're, we're, we're focusing on that which is the greatest. Uh, our Creator, our Lord, our Savior, and and we're 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 lifted up out of our own little individuality, and we have an opportunity to become part of that greater body, the the worshiping body of the church, and we have God's Word there to lift our hearts and minds. We have the presence of our Lord for us in in the Eucharist, and and so uh, the, the, this this communion with one another and our Holy Communion in Christ uh, is something that changes and transforms us so much for the better. Amen. And again, find the place of worship uh, that, that you prefer, that's convenient for you, and uh, take advantage of that time, you know, whether it be the half hour or the hour or so. You will not regret it every single Sunday. We're not just talking about during the holiday season, but throughout the year as well. Uh, Bishop, you know, the, the, we've, we've all, a lot of us personally have all go through all these challenges, and, and the diocese has been going through some challenges as well. Um, I think another question on the minds of our listeners, uh, in the diocese bankruptcy, 
Is that still ongoing? Uh, yes, Michael. Yeah, we're still in the reorganization process. Uh, if you recall, due to a number of circumstances, we filed for Chapter 11 reorganization protections in February of 2020. Uh, the decision to file for bankruptcy, and it was an incredibly difficult one, as you would imagine, was to give us a chance to get on a better financial footing as a, a diocese. Certainly, it was never an effort to get out of paying our bills. That's not going to happen. That was never the intention. Because we're still in the reorganization process, there's actually very little that I can disclose. But what I can say is that we anticipate filing our plan of reorganization by the end of this year, uh, which should bring us out of bankruptcy, uh, I hope, in February or th by the end of March at the latest in 2022. I know there are a lot of questions regarding the bankruptcy, and certainly we'll be able to um, uh, provide more information uh, when we're on the other side of this process. But I want to take this time to thank the members of our faithful who have continued to support their local parishes, uh, uh, possibly their local Catholic school, our clergy, our parish, and our diocesan staff, and our diocese as a whole during this challenging time. Your support and especially your prayers have been a true blessing for us. And again, you can follow the the news and find out more information about everything that's going on in the diocese and keep up by going to the website, which is hbgdiocese.org. This is Christmas weekend, uh, Christmas Day, and, and we have the holiday weekend coming up with New Year's. And so many people, Bishop, uh, Especially with Christmas falling on a Saturday this year, you know, probably we should we should talk about about that. But uh, but I think that a lot of people uh, will be celebrating uh, Mass and celebrating the services uh, throughout this week, and that's a good thing. Um, a lot of people, again, as we mentioned before, looking forward to going to Mass or another church service, uh, you know, throughout this holiday season, and then you know, visiting with family and friends. A lot of people will be doing that. So, uh, Bishop, what is your Christmas wish or prayer for our listeners? Well, um, first of all, Michael, you mentioned about uh, the, the preparations for Christmas. And um, uh, this, this year, uh, Advent has been almost the full four weeks we, because Christmas, as you mentioned, is on a Saturday. So we've had four weeks to be preparing uh, for the great celebration of, of our Lord's Nativity. And for all of us who truly believe that this is the coming of the Son of God, that, that's a truth that is too great uh, to be confined to one day. Now, it, it, it's so disappointing when I traveled around the day after Christmas, December 26th, and you see the tree already out on the curb, <laughs> and now Christmas is over and you're getting ready for Valentine's Day. But, but Christmas is really a, a season. It, it, it needs to be extended. It's, it's too important to, to limit it to 24 hours. Um, you know, one of our, uh, maybe the uh, most favorite uh, of the Christmas carols is that beautiful uh, uh, Carol, Silent Night, and um, that that hymn is is about the silence uh, in which the Son of God was born and comes among us in our flesh. But I think it's also an invitation uh, for us to make some silence uh, in our own lives. That would be a, a a Christmas wish and prayer that that I would have as we observe this Christmas season for for our listeners for for all of the faithful, to, to take time, as hard as that might be because of the busyness and, and all of the other activities that happen this time of the year, but to take time to contemplate the immensity of God's love, 
this, this Christmas mystery uh, tells us that God loves us so much that he comes among us, the Son of God comes among us in, in our flesh. And so I would hope that we would all, um, in this season, and, and then once we learn to get that maybe more of a routine or a habit, to extend it beyond the Christmas season, but to step out of our activity and take some time just for quiet reflection, to, to consider the, the tremendous love that God has had for us. And how can that be extended? Well, maybe um, uh, if the family used the Advent wreath, and that's not just a Catholic practice, it's a it's a, a very wide practice during the Advent season, maybe to continue to put, you know, to put a, a larger white candle in the middle of it, as called the Christ candle, and to use that maybe as the family gathers for uh, dinner uh, to sing one of their, their favorite Christmas carols um, during, throughout the Christmas season. Um, to, to do that at dinner time and maybe a little special prayer in addition to grace before the meal. That's one way of extending uh, the, the Christmas celebration uh, throughout the season and not confining it just to uh, December the 25th. That would be my hope and one suggestion, at least for families and individuals as well. And, you, you know, we, we often talk about this, Bishop, that um, the radio is, is a lot of people's companion. Um, a lot of people the carols and the holiday songs uh, tell you how wonderful this holiday season is, spending time together with family and friends. But um, especially the last two years, we have lost a lot of loved ones. Uh, there are a lot of people who are alone uh, listening out there, and there are people maybe in the hospital or recovering or dealing with other issues. Your message uh, for those who are alone during the holiday season. Well, and I think maybe that goes back to the uh, invitation to come to church, come to mass, or come to your 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 uh, your church's worship service, because that's where we really find the community, uh, and that we are not not alone. Uh, that there are our brothers and sisters there, and so even if if uh, we we might be in our own homes by ourselves, we're we're not we should not be isolated. We should feel that connection to the worshiping community. And so uh, my, my recommendation would, first of all, to, again, think of the immensity of God's love. He is Emmanuel, so he is with us. That's the meaning of that, that name, Emmanuel. God is with us, so we're never totally alone. Uh, and secondly, to, to seek out that community of faith uh, where we have the support of brothers and sisters um, who are um, uh, you know, with us in... in, in um, uh, worshiping and in our believing and also in our acts of service. There's nothing better, I think, uh, to show our, our true faith than acting on it by serving those in need. So maybe rather than sitting alone in one's home, we can find some worthy way in which we can serve uh, our brothers and sisters who are needy, maybe a, 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 someone serving meals on Christmas Day mm -hmm. or some opportunity to extend ourselves in acts of charity and service to others. And I do know that, you know, my, my mother-in-law who passed and, and, but one of her favorite things was to go to the church and they had little groups and organizations where they would sit around during the week and do charitable work or get together. And a lot of them were widowed, uh, alone, but you're, like you said, uh, you can find, uh, solace, find happiness, uh, with other people, uh, who are going through the same things. You know, one of my favorite parts of this annual program when we started this. How long has it been, Bishop? How long has it been since, since you arrived in Harrisburg? How long has yeah, it been? Yeah, that was uh, March of uh, 
2014. Oh, so we gosh. began in December of 2014. One of the things that uh, we did during that annual program and I love uh, to do is hearing about your favorite childhood traditions. And do you have a favorite Christmas tradition growing up? Uh, there, there was, and I, I think there are many cherished memories. Um, uh, but the one that I, I, I really think back on and brings such warm sentiments to me is uh, the the Holy Supper in my mom's parents, my maternal grandparents' home. Uh, they were Russian Orthodox. Uh, my dad was Catholic. My mom became Catholic uh, before they married. But I, I was blessed to have two Christmases every year. And the January Christmas was, was so memorable because uh, we would go to my grandparents and all my aunts and uncles and cousins were there. So there were quite a few in the house. My grandfather would watch for the first star and that would begin the supper, and it would always begin with prayer and the breaking of the oplatki, the, the, the special Christmas wafer, uh, and it was shared with, with everyone. There was straw on the floor and straw on the table, reminiscent of the, the manger, and just a wonderful meal with uh, lots of uh, conversation and noise, and then the singing of carols. I didn't understand they were singing in Slovak, <laughs> but nevertheless, it was, it was beautiful. So that, that memory still warm, warms my heart. And uh, I, I, I just think back on that so, so very often, even in the middle of the summer, because it's, it's such a strong, uh, powerful memory of, of, of a very faithful family uh, who, uh, in a very particular, with, with great tradition, um, you know, celebrated the, the coming of Christ. And I know that you probably told that story, and you telling it, it recalls similar memories for me. Uh, you know, a mixture of Roman Catholic and Greek Catholic and and the way this that supper, Christmas Eve supper. And the other thing that I remember, too, was um, I think I'm pretty sure that Christmas Eve was a day of fast with no meat. Correct. correct? correct. And then what we used to do, my mom would uh, cook up a ham. And we all know growing up in those times when, when you're fasting Easter and having the Easter baskets, the smell of that meat was 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 somewhat of a torture. But I remember she would cook that ham, uh, you know, early after the dinner, and then we would go to midnight mass and then come back. And then, of course, it would be the next day, which would be Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Fasting was over and then be able to in, enjoy that meat. But, right. you know, you mentioned the same thing. It was like those, those scents still exist with me today when I smell a ham, especially around, around Christmas. So these honestly, but these, these traditions uh, are something I hope that our kids uh, don't lose them because the parents and the grandparents need to share them. Exactly. And you know, there's a great lesson there too, that feasting becomes so much uh, greater, uh, so much more festive and enjoyable when it's preceded by fasting. You know, if you, a, a little self denial, uh, I, I think perhaps we have so much feasting in our lives that we, we've kind of forgotten about the, what our ancestors and our, our grandparents and parents knew so well, that in order to prepare well for a great feast, if you precede that by some self-denial and a fast, then the feasting takes on so much more joy. And you, well, a lot of people are making money nowadays by selling that as a diet, <laughs> you know, fasting, but you're absolutely right. Um as we're nearing the end of the year, of course, with New Year's comes uh, the ever so famous uh, resolutions and, uh, you know, speaking about diets and getting in shape. And those are the most common ones. But um, what are some faith related resolutions folks should consider? 
Well, we've, we've talked about uh, coming to your uh, house of worship, coming back to Mass, and for other Christians to come to your, your, your services, uh, not, not just, uh, of course, at Christmas, but uh, regularly to, to celebrate uh, the Sunday worship. Uh, and and I, would, I would hope that those who have not yet returned uh, to uh, their uh, church communities uh, to in-person worship, that would be one resolution I, I would like uh, folks to consider. I certainly understand that we, we need to be cautious still, uh, and we're, we're certainly not out of the pandemic, and people with pre-existing conditions uh, have very legitimate concerns. But, but watching, for instance, Mass on live stream is, is certainly second best. It's, it's what we can do when we can't gather. But at the same time, I, I would invite those who have yet to return to Mass or to their uh, church services to consider um, uh, making that resolution, to come back, uh, have a homecoming, as it were, to come back to, the, to church uh, to worship in person. Uh, because uh, watching on, on TV or on, on computer uh, through technologies is just not a real substitute for coming together with that community to worship our, our Lord. In addition to making that resolution for those who have not yet returned to church, I'd, I, I, would, I would suggest maybe uh, the, the idea of, do I have enough quiet time in my life? Now, uh, do, do I take enough time to have a conversation with the Lord? It doesn't have to be formal. It doesn't have to be long. But if we make regular breaks in our activities and our busyness, just, just to come into the Lord's presence and, and thank him, uh, seek his help, uh, ask him to take our burdens off, off of our shoulders, that, that time uh, helps keep our lives in true perspective. I think that can often happen. We lose perspective because of all the things going on. And uh, by, by, by taking that silent time, both coming together to worship in liturgical prayer and privately in individual prayer, uh, we're able to look at things under the horizon of eternity and, and not get so focused on individual uh, events or problems, but, but to uh, keep things in perspective through quiet, uh, con contemplative prayer. As we always do, and uh, as we finish up the program, uh, Bishop, your Christmas, New Year's, holiday, where's your prayer for the people of the diocese? I, I would certainly pray uh, that we've, we've all experienced such challenges, um, uh, all of us, and it's been a time of uh, uncertainty, a time of uh, anxiety during, during this pandemic, and I, I would pray that the new year would be for all of us a time where we could grow in our practical trust in God. Um, you know, we've learned that we don't have ultimate control. If we were fooling ourselves thinking we did have ultimate control, the, the pandemic teaches us there are so many things that we cannot uh, control. The Lord does control everything. And so I would ask our, our listeners to pray for the grace to be able to uh, trust God in every practical way, and to uh, trust in his abiding, loving presence with us. Uh, I think if we grow in that trust uh, through our Savior's uh, presence with us, then his peace can reign in our hearts and in our homes and over our society. The Most Reverend Ronald W. Gaynor, the Bishop of the Diocese of Harrisburg. Again, learn more about the diocese by going to hbgdiocese.org. Bishop, 
you're this was one of the Christmas gifts for me. So thank you for for joining us uh, for your conversation and your time this holiday My season. pleasure, Michael, and I wish you a merry and blessed Christmas and to all of our listeners. Our goal at the Diocese of Harrisburg is to walk with you on your faith journey. So if this episode resonated with you in any way, the easiest way to show your appreciation is by sharing this program with your network or by leaving a review on your listening platform. You can also support us financially by making a donation online at hbgdiocese.org slash DAC and clicking the make a donation button. Thanks again, and we'll see you at church on Sunday.